Jacob, the way that I dress, I look like a middle school gym teacher. But when I'm not wearing a hoodie, I'm wearing my Bobcat hat, and that's a must. But I want to get more Bobcat clothing. And the way that I'm going to do it is I'm going to go to Elite Sports. And what's nice about Elite Sports is that money goes right into the pockets of the athletes that have NIL deals with them. I'm very much into player empowerment, and one of the ways that I can empower the players is to buy their clothes. We talked about our guy, freshman sensation Chase Moore on this podcast, and uh, he's got stuff over there. He's got a bunch of stuff over there. They call him the Hillbilly. Uh, You can look up all his stuff and shop the entire Texas State collection at EliteSports.com. Use code SQUARE at checkout. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around on public of football podcast network i'm jacob rodriguez that's andrew zimmel the texas state sports press with you always to break down everything texas state texas state athletics we got a great episode including an interview zimmel what a first on this channel (laughs) i wanted to add the interview in here we talked about it we kicked it around i like to have the interview in here just to kind of break the monotony it's early summer you know memorial just just came and went and uh, we got a big thing. And also, track is kind of the backbone of football. We all talk about it all the time. Like, great football players do track. What do great track players do? Do they play football? Not this guy. He does long jump, which yeah. is, you know, still a really cool event. And he's really cool. And shout out Chris, bro. I love that guy. If I was as good as Chris is, who just qualified for the national meet, uh, I would also not play football, you know? <laughs> Why risk it? Yeah. Like LeBron says, let the number one thing be the number one thing. Uh, before we get to all that, though, there is some football news to get through. Uh, the first is just that I got off my ass and finally updated our recruiting list. Um, shout out to Adrian Garza, who also watches the show and chimed in on Twitter and was like, isn't this a preferred walk on? I don't know, ma'am. To me, who cares until they're signed, right? <laughs> a commit's a commit's a commit. And if the team and the coaches are retweeting uh, shit that correlates to it, they're going to end up on this list. So Zimmel. As of right now, you'll remember back on National Signing Day, we had 33. That later expanded to like the mid-30 range, talking 35, 36, into the 40s, into the May. Ahead of June, GJ Kinney and co. have added 17 commits to the list, making a grand total of 52 targeted players in this class ahead of June. That's a lot of players, which makes me think, like we've talked about a couple times, that guys are going to be leaving. Sayonara, goodbye, last train out of San Marcos. Uh, I just, I, that's going to be how it goes. It's good that you're bringing guys in. However, if you remember the old NCAA football games, sometimes a little bit too much is a little bit too much, right? Too much of a good thing. You bring in 52 guys, I guarantee you somebody right now is in their apartment bitching to their girlfriend. I can't believe GJ brought this guy in. So, uh, morale. I don't know where we're at with it. We need to go talk to the girlfriends of the players. Uh, I'll get on that. Well, um, you know, we had been talking about like kind of what uh, Jake Spavadol's brother, Zach, had done for the defense. We call him probably top two defensive uh, coordinator that we've had in the past couple of years. He's kind of like or he had, you know, inherited a defense and kept it relatively good. What he inherited I've seen... average defense and turned it relatively good. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, agree to disagree, whatever. Tomato, tomato. Potato, potato, yep. Jake Spavital, Zach Spavital. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm noticing a bunch of defense, too. So it's, it's basically a complete turnover from what they had last year. Which it's a is lot of DBs. Good? Question mark? Bad? Well, so the thing that you should take, uh, you, the thing that Texas State fans should pay attention to here is that they're adding a lot of DBs, right? We've, we've mentioned it a couple times. The thing that lost U, uh, UIW, the game, last year against North Dakota State in that playoff game was DBs. North Dakota State like had a really good running game. UIW was able to shut that down, and then they were able to get in the passing game, and you know the Bison ended up losing the national championship to South Dakota State. But in that game, UIW kind of got beat in that secondary, right? Like They just didn't have the guys that could match up. 
And then you think about Texas State last year. And Texas State's DBs last year weren't all that good. But they didn't need to be all that good because the conference is a running conference. So what I'm concerned about is that G.J. might have learned the wrong lesson. Like, he's getting good DBs that could stop North Dakota State, South Dakota State, or whatever at the FCS level. But, like, they, you don't really need that as much in the Sun Belt. You kind of need linebackers and defensive tackles and outside linebackers. And you need, like, that middle area of the defense covered. I'm curious to see what this looks like in uh, September, October, when guys are running the run the ball 40, 50 times a game, right? Like or uh, Southern Miss, Troy, South Alabama, all come back pretty good running games. So what is that going to look like? And we're going to be making tackles in the secondary, because if that's the case, I don't love it. I had kind of been losing sleep, to be honest, on us not having a true center also. Uh, that was eventually shored up uh, within this past week with Danny Valenzuela uh, out of ASU. You were a big ASU guy <laughs> when we were at Texas State because you were like, I have to have another team to root for. Arizona State, good journalism school. Texas State, good journalism school. Here's the kind thing. Kind of similar school colors. No, come on. Definitely Here's the similar party vibes, though. Party vibes. Beautiful campuses. I'm not somebody that's ever looked away from a beautiful woman. So, like, there, there's a lot of similarities. Also, the Sunbelt Conference, arguably, probably better than the Pac-12 the last couple of years. I don't know. Yeah. We can You can go to the, the record books for that. Well, now uh, they're talking about, you know, just keeping Arizona State relevant uh, in kind of the bigger discourse of college football. So, I mean, yeah, kind of a level playing field in a lot of ways. I, I am a big uh, Arizona State fan, Sun Devil lifer over here. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of similarities between uh, ASU or yeah, ASU and, and Texas State. You know who was a fictional Sun Devil? Rod Tidwell out of Jerry Maguire. Woo! Woo! I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, something that's also been kind of emerging in these like storylines that are developing in the summer, which is just like basically we all have nothing to do except continuously update these lists, interview people, and kind of vamp for you know whatever game uh Texas State ends up playing first against Baylor uh out of the gate um but Mike Craven architect of the Republic of Football Podcast Network uh in a lot of ways this podcast godfather going toe to going toe to toe to uh with Texas State fans over you know basically predictions at this point and I kind of have to agree with him as we did last week we gave uh, Mike Craven his kudos um you know this team has a lot to prove. When he's curve stop- hold on time. Out. When he's curve stopping our close friend Colton McWilliams, we got no or there's no arguments there. He was Mike was in the right. Now, Jacob, you said that he's in the right here. He's curve stopping your co-host. How do you defend that? He was talking ish to you. Not really. No, Not I think really. Mike and I you guys had like a very playful back and forth. Mike and, he, and I can respond to our podcast tweet, I'll say. I asked him if a minor, UTEP could outdrink a Bobcat because he has UTEP listed above, you know, teams basically that could make a bowl this year. Yeah. Well, so the thing is, is that like Mike and I had one of the rare conversations on Twitter.com that was fine. Neither one of us doxed the other one. So that's like already a big win. Uh, but like he had Texas State as the second worst team in Texas this year in the power rankings post spring game. And I kind of find that hard to believe Hope right now. Uh, and we agree to disagree. He he thinks Texas State, which is fine. But my thought was like, put Texas State last. What is Sam Houston State and Texas State? What what's the difference here? Sam Houston State played for a national championship at the FCS level. Technically, they've had more recent success than Texas State. You know, so put us last. So like, so we can shock the world. You know, but putting us second to last, it's like you know, if we're that close, just put us last. Put us last, and then when we win a bowl game or play in a bowl game or whatever. Everybody will be surprised. And we you can, can ask really my mom, forward. but that was basically my motto in high school is lower expectations, higher results. You know, you're you people always think you're a dumb idiot and then you end up doing something spectacular. Uh, oh, yeah. hundred thousand percent. I totally get that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he's off on the TCU take. But, hey, that's fine, too. We'll move on. Listen to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And uh, I got you covered over there. Hypnotoad. Well, this is where I plug, plug, plug. And this is where I also want to talk about. I guess putting on my Jonah Hill uh, Moneyball hat and talk about like basically like all of these preseason takes is, are based on what data, right? Like the teams are putting up, yeah, last season's data that they've put on the field, not necessarily like 
you know, like the things that are not considered in this are, you know, us signing TJ Finley, Malik Hornsby, uh, this class that includes 52 very talented athletes, obviously. Um, it all depends on will Texas State get the ball off the ground at the end of the day. Don't compare this recruiting class to SEAL Team 6. That's all I'm going to say. Is that yeah. if you're if you're expecting like incredible results, you just mentioned, lower your expectations here. The 52 guys, God bless them. Congratulations. Welcome to the Bobcat family. We need to lower the expectations. And remember, the this podcast's official stance is six and six. We're officially a six and six podcast. We're on the fence. Okay. Don't don't think that this is like some sort of you know crazy. You know we're winning uh 12 games. Like, just pump the brakes. I do. Last thing on Mike. I love Mike Craven. Shout out to the Podfather here. He put Texas at number one. And Jacob, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. The media, this is a little behind the curtain for the fan here. The media loves to do this because it's really funny to build Texas up. And then when they fall, we're like, I can't believe who would have thought they were going to be any good anyway. And it's they like lost the to Kansas? Media, What's this? The same media that pumped them up is the one that tears them down. So I see the game a little bit of the inside, mm-hmm. the matrix, a little inside baseball here. That is what I, I imagine that we're doing. Maybe maybe not, maybe on accident. But I think that's what we're doing here. We're, we're building Texas up because they're not the only publication. The only one she reads is Dave Campbell. But if you happen to fall upon any of the other ones – they have Texas State rated pretty high too, or Texas rated pretty high too, and I think that's why you build them up so you tear them down. And I well, love Texas it. also has one of the hotter, sexier recruiting stuff in in the first place in at all, right? With Arch Manning maybe not being able to throw a football potentially. Yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, the old two piece bathing suit of recruiting classes. Mm. Texas so. State's the one piece. We still have the uh, the hair deal. We look like a 1950s swimmer. Yeah, no, and I, I, you and I will both agree. We're satisfied with the class up to this point. I'd like to see some more big boys down the line. Um, glad that I guess we're gutting the entire defense and just new numbers, new new faces, new names. They have a actually a video that came out this week. There's all these new players coming back into the building and stuff. You will recognize just a few of them <laughs> if you're a very consummate Texas State fan. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Jersey numbers, you throw this jersey number on them, maybe I'll recognize them. Not the helmets. These are strangers. This is yeah. like, you know, what is going on here? And Texas State, very famous um, for, you know, being in the same room or area as D1 athletes. I have no idea because of the success oh. or lack thereof on the field. 100%. Shout out Jessica McMullins, bro. <laughs> how the hell How the hell do you go to nursing school with her and not recognize that's the starting pitcher for like a really good team? You just had 10 strikeouts last night. What? Yeah, but she also doesn't give me a pen when I ask for it in class. So, like. <laughs> so, uh, good on the, you know, the old recruiting mission. I do have, I guess, three, like, kind of drops to talk about. Uh, that was the Cedric Roberts drop that happened, like, very at the very beginning of this. Taylor Starling, that never happened. Uh, now, Davon Martin, you'll remember if you listen to this podcast, I DM'd him on Twitter, never got back to me. Now he's a DB at Arkansas State. So, shout out Davon Martin. Kind of answers your question, huh? Yep. So, are you still here? Nope. Nope. Arkansas yeah. State, Jonesboro. Shout out here. to him, man. Yeah. You and know, you can't get a rebuilding their program, too. A lot you of can't ways. get a flight to Jonesboro. Got to go to Memphis and then drive. I do agree with you, though. It, ultimately, it's, this is like, will this kind of style of play that seemingly they're just dragging and dropping from UIW transfer over into the Sun Belt? That's the, I... that's the big storyline. I will be happily surprised if a control C control V works because like I look JMU was an incredible FCS team. Some might argue that they were better than UIW. Uh, They came in and they absolutely kicked ass last year in the best division of group of five football. I think that the Sunbelt East is the best division by far. So like they did what was really impossible. UIW taking some of the players trying to figure it out. Well, I'll be curious. Look, I'm rooting for the team. I'm hoping everything works out. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out, I will be the first person to come on a podcast and let you know, hey, remember when I said that this is a defense that has to stop the run and this is an offense that can't get to 50 points? Like, you know, maybe it works. And at the same time, I, I talked to a couple of Sunbelt writers that I know, and they said, like, there's also a chance that you guys win two games. And it's the FCS game, it's the Nevada game, and every game in the Sunbelt Conference is like just an ass kicking because they can play defense. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
And again, committed, not signed, which means that it's not really a completed class yet because uh, mm -hmm. we're still waiting on those last transfer dates. And ultimately, whatever the NCAA says is the last day you can sign someone, which so, is kind of like an ebbing and flowing thing every year now. So unless they put a ring on it, they're still single to you, huh? I think so. Well, like all, all these guys have committed graphics, right? You know who other people had committed graphics? Those three gentlemen I talked about earlier that are no longer affiliated with this team in any way. That's fair. So, I don't know. To me, it's all... And it, at the end of the day, too, it, it depends on athletics. Or not athletics, excuse me. <laughs> academics, which is the other A word on this podcast. Um, but just getting that, you know, transfers and stuff, which was, I think, a holdup in some of these cases and now not. What are the three A's of this podcast, Jacob? Uh, alcohol, academics, and athletics. There you go. <laughs> that was pretty good. I could sub academics out with somebody else. What do, What else do we have? Anima Animaniacs. That's <laughs> Well, Zimmel, this is a football podcast, but I do want to talk about our beloved baseball team who fell to the Raging Cajuns for the fifth time this season. Uh, pain is one word to describe it. I think the writing was kind of on the wall, though, when we took an eighth seed Georgia State into extra innings and had to walk that one off in a very dramatic fashion. And that set up that eventual like play-in game. Uh, I don't know. For I was those really, of you that, really sad for the team. For those of you that watch every interview that we do, you'll remember that we talked to Jessica Mullins and we talked to uh, Coach Z and we talked to TJ and we talked to Mora. And there's a common thread here that it's called the Jacob Jinx is what we're calling it. That every one of these people that Jacob brings on the podcast inevitably loses in the next round. Uh, so, I'm going to push back on that because Coach Z had a very successful run. And they got bounced out by JMU. We have nothing to do with that. They made it to the championship round. That's, that's as good as you could get. I, I, I think you it really, beat. it's really hyped up with Mora. That was one that I like. The When it happened, I was like, this is Jacob's fault. This is I did, I did fault. the the interview with uh, Coach Johnson, the basketball team, men's side, uh, uh, by myself, too, solo. And I was like, the writing's on the wall <laughs> this team. We've had a horrible uh, middling out just season. I and they took it all the way to the baseball. top, too. I blame you for baseball because you wanted Mora. You were like, we got to get Mora on. And I said, that's a great idea. And I, I, I'm I, complicit in this jinx that you put on Texas Athletics here, Jacob. What did he do in those Raging Cajun I, games? I think. What did I he do think, in those Raging Cajun games? I think, I think uh, blaming a jinx on a media member is the lamest shit in the world. Because <laughs> I'm not the one playing out there. Also, Mora had a great series, too. So it's not what like. What did he do? You know, huh? great series. He had a couple walks. You know, he did yeah, he drew, did his job. Drew a couple walks. Okay, I don't put. Yeah, I think he had a, a home run in one of them. Maybe. I don't put the loss on Mora. I put the loss on you and the pitching staff. Yeah, the well, the pitching staff was kind of an eyesore. Not saying that the guys we had could not throw complete games. They can. It's the matter in which they are throwing. Um, I don't know. Shout out Tristan Dixon, who was named to the All Sun Belt team. Um, yeah, and definitely a couple earned. Guys. Yeah. Um, and Dalen Pena had a great game against Georgia State, too, uh, when he walked it off and won that one super dramatic fashion. Great game to watch. But uh, when you that team literally had a pitcher who was their second baseman in that same game who was playing both sides of the ball. We couldn't beat them. So, yeah, I was a little concerned when that happened. Now, didn't you? But also, did not you say? Did, did you not, not say? Did, did not you, you say? Did not you say? If it's if, if it shall be said. Did you not say to Jess and then also to our guy Mora that uh, how can you lose the same team? No, they said that to me. I was like, what? what did what did you guys learn in the last series? Right, we're talking about Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, who are ridiculous at softball and also very good at Twitter and very good at baseball too. And they let us know that on every single platform. But um, I don't know. To me. That's not my fault. I had a Louisiana fan in my DMs saying to me, put respect on Louisiana's name. And I almost sent it to you. I was like, this is on you because they don't like to be called Lafayette, bro. I did have an entire barbershop sketch that I edited talking about Louisiana. Whatever, yeah, yeah. dude. They still are. That's still what they're called. The entire school is called Louisiana Lafayette. Their athletic program is not. The school that is attached to their athletic department is, though. It's not the same. 
Whatever. Is there any podcast coming out of Louisiana for as good as they are? They haven't heard Ooh, it. There you go. The podcast is really yeah, the come barometer. Come out here if you have a podcast how, the, and you have your own The thing. barometer of a good athletic program is how good the podcasts are. That's why. <laughs> well, if you want to use that as a litmus test, right, there are technically four podcasts about Texas State. So maybe we're feeling hot about this yeah. team. Four podcasts and no home field apparel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is a great home field segue. Shout out Homefield, which is now, uh, you know, proud supporter of the Republic of Football Podcast Network. If you use code SQUARE, you can get a great discount on your products. I think first-time buyers get a 15% discount. So use code SQUARE at checkout. You can use it for buying a bunch of things and perhaps Texas State stuff in the future. Perhaps in the future. Right now, I am loading up on my Minnesota Golden Gophers and North Dakota State Bison. I refuse to support the other teams in this state. Uh Maybe maybe TCU. Maybe I get some TCU gear. So suck uh, on that, Louisiana. Home <laughs> yeah, field gear. There you go. <laughs> I, I was really sad for the team, though. Uh, specifically, Steve Trout. Couldn't happen to a better coach. To just Hard to stack up. Um, you know, we, we felt like we were a little bit better than that, but uh, that's that's the game of baseball sometimes. But uh, really proud of my group, how hard they worked, how hard they got after it. And, uh, you know, I thought Zeke went through the ball well tonight. Uh, he was battling with the arm injury for the last about a month, and so he just continued to gut it out. And, uh, you know, tonight just didn't just didn't make enough plays to make it happen. But I loved our battle. I loved the, the competition. Um, and I thought our group left it all out there. So as a coach, that's all you'd be uh, proud of. Yeah, what a, what a crazy stat. 17 strikeouts and also 14 hits. So you don't see that a whole lot um, in a game. But, yeah, our guys came in and, and got after it. Um, yeah, Stroud left everything. We knew his pitch count was high. But he's been our, our workhorse all, all year long with Dixon out tonight. And so, uh, you know, they, I thought they did a really good job, made some big pitches and some huge moments. And then, um, you know, obviously they took some good swings and some moments as well. So, uh, but, yeah, that's a lot of punch outs. I'm not sure what we end up getting to on the season. But uh, we struck out a lot of guys this year. So really good job by our pitching staff. Yeah, we do. I mean, obviously, it's win or go home, right? So you're just going to keep competing and keep getting after it. And, uh, you know, I thought I thought our offense did a pretty good job tonight. Uh, you know, we left some guys out there, but, uh, you know, we were we were a few inches or a few feet left to right and right field. We almost hit a home run and, and uh, some other good swings. And so, uh, you know, and then they brought in their guy, uh, Matthew at the end. That was uh, phenomenal. You know, he he uh, I don't know if that's his best outing, but it was it was electric stuff tonight. So, uh, but yeah, we just kept battling, just kept fighting, just kept taking good swings, and and that's all you can ask for. And so, um, obviously, it came up a little short, but um, yeah, anytime you know our, our, our motto is when they score, we score. So that's a really fun night of of uh, just going back and forth. I'm obsessed with the baseball team. I love them so much. They'll get back. They'll be fine. We'll talk to him next year, and he'll give us the same spiel. Well, Mora's gonna pitch next year. Now, so, time out. Now, t- that was it. That was a squaring around exclusive. You hold the hell on here. So you think because we got to move on to the interview and everything else. But you hold. You think Mora is the thing that's going to change this program? Mm. Do you think Mora, like legitimately? Do you think that Mora is going to come in and show Hey Otani this? No, but there were concerns, and I got DMs about this too. That Mora was going to leave after his freshman year when he posted up 16 home runs in a single season, broke the freshman record by three runs. Uh, so glad to see that he's not. Uh, glad to see that he's still like, no, oh, this is my team, whatever, you know, going forward. They also have Dalen Pena back, who's going to be great. He's going to be a junior next year. They got a lot of experience coming back. They're losing a lot of experience, though, too. So it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, what Trouty does. Big fish. We'll, f- we'll figure it out. Shout out the baseball team. Talk to our guy, Chris Purdy. From the Texas State track and field team, a long jumper and a triple jumper. We had to do a ton of math in this podcast for you guys to try to figure out meters to yards to feet for the dumb American football fans. But that's fine. We got it figured out for you. Uh, This was a great interview. He's a freshman. He's a young guy, a little green behind the gills. He claims he's shy. He's not shy. He was very good on this podcast. I'm a big fan of Chris. It's like eight yards, eight and a half or eight and a third yards. Crazy numbers that he's putting up. He won the Sun Belt in the long jump um, and this is just continued dominance for the track team, to be honest, in the Sun Belt and then just nationally. You know, this is the home I, of Charles Austin, baby. If I give you a season, could you get eight and a half yards on the ground? Absolutely not. You know what I was really good at, actually, is the standing broad jump, which you just like kind of swing in and I could jump like almost six feet. Standing broad I jump. meant running. I meant running on the football field. Oh, what do you what do you eight and a half yards? Could you get eight and a half yards in a season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. A- against Texas State last year? Yeah, you bet your ass I could. Here's the interview. 
What's up, everybody? We are super pleased to be joined by Chris Preddy, one of the many, or what is it, like three Bobcats that are competing at the NCAA mm. uh, meet, huge meet for nationals. Track and field is a team sport, but it's one of the sports that like you get to like hang your own banner in a sense when you make it in it an is. individual event. And I, like I just want to say, like, <laughs> for the longest time, I think track and field has honestly been like the bastion holding this athletics department together. When you talk about like athletic success across the board, because you guys uh, as a team and individually have dominated, you know, talking about the indoor uh, season and then going into the outdoor season. And now, like, you know, across the board, I mean, you won the Sun Belt in the long jump. So that's crazy as a as a true freshman, everybody. Yeah, it we definitely, especially this year, like I'm not exactly sure like how it's going the past couple years, but like this year, like every time I'm on Instagram, like I'm on the team, but like I'm seeing it every time. New record, new this, new that, like it's always something going with our team. So that's that's great. Do you ever get the news broken to you through Instagram where it's like, oh, I didn't know that that was a new record that got broke. Okay. Yes. You just because I'm just so used to seeing my teammates like run fast times or jump far. Then I'm like, oh, another school record, another school record. Like it's all I saw this year: school record, school record, school record. So what? Jacob did Jacob did like a half-ass job introducing you here. So not. can you can you tell people what you do? You said he jumps far. That's about it, Jacob. So uh, I'm a I'm a freshman. I do long jump and triple jump. Uh, so I jump in a big sand pit. Try to jump as far. Like you said, I jump far. Try to jump far. So long and triple. And then for, you know, the big meet, you're going to be doing just long jump, right? Just long jump. Yes. And what was the, uh, what was the distance for that? Uh, To qualify, I jumped 766 tracks, like in meters. Cause it's like really heavy in like the European uh, area, but that's 25 one. See for our, and... for our dumb American listeners, 25 what 25 feet what does that go into yards jacob for the football audience what's that yards just under just under 10 yards yeah that's pretty good <laughs> yeah it is what's the what's the difference that you run leading up to it right that was i was watching i was, I was stalking you on twitter and instagram <laughs> throughout um, the day just to get to know you better so in feet my distance is 129 okay but it's not just like all full out sprint. Like you kind of like, it's kind of like an acceleration. Yeah. You're at your top speed when you're jumping and getting off of it. If you try to run too fast before you're going to be burnt out and then it's just going to be sloppy off the board. So, and that's different so from high school, triple, which is like, bop, bop, bop. you know, you're like yeah. setting a rhythm for it. Triple is a little like for long jump. I'll say like, you're not running, like you're not like sprinting, like you're on the track, but you're still like getting after it. Triple's a little different. Like you kind of have to like not you're not going as hard. You're just like keeping your keeping a speed, maintaining your positions, but it's not all like I won't get the crazy pictures of my face from triple jump posted on my my influencer page. <laughs> <laughs> so what high school coach got you into it? Because normally it's a high school coach that says, like, all right, hey, you're gonna do this event versus that event. So for me, it's a little different. So I've been doing track for a long time, like since I was a kid. It was my mom. Okay. So she was like, yeah. So I used to like run. I'd like, I'd try everything, hurdles, all that stuff. Uh, but my mom got me into the long jump. And then when I got to middle school, uh, I had a coach who was like, I think you'll be really good at this. Try this out and start with that. And it just took off from there ever since. That's incredible. Good for you, man. Thank I'm you, always thank super you. interested to to see how like track and field athletes get started with it because it's usually like running is like a punishment in most sports, you know. Yeah, and so for get on the line, yeah, like you yeah. freak athletes to do what you all are doing. It's like wow, oh, what you have to be very good at running, very good yeah. at a lot of things just to get it. So was it, uh, was it like your first sport or what? What were you doing that you were like ah maybe I'll just stick with a jumping? It wasn't my first. So my first sport. I want to say was my first sport was definitely baseball. Oh, either baseball or basketball. And then I I tried to I had a friend whose dad he was our uh, basketball coach and he was like he had a track team so he was like I want you to come out and run for us. Yeah, no, he just had everything, football, track. He's like I want you to come out and run for us, but that that year my appendix ruptured so I couldn't go out and run. 
But then the next year, like I got into it and like I really liked it. You know, as a kid, you just running, running. Like you don't, you don't complain or anything. You just do it. Like, and it's just fun. You trying to race against your friends and stuff. It's just like recess. Speak to yourself. Speak for yourself, man. Don't complain <laughs> about running. <laughs> so your appendix burst. How old were you? I was young. That's stupid. Hey, that's crazy, man. That's like spooky. Young. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I can't imagine is. anything going wrong with my body. I would just be incredibly inconvenienced. I want to say I was like nine, maybe. So at nine years old, they had a team track. That's crazy. Because <laughs> like normally like AAU track, I think like, you know, the, the summer track stuff, you think like middle schoolish, high schoolish. So to be like nine like, years it was, old. It was AAU. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had he had his own little team. He had everything. Like he had it all down the line. You want to play baseball? I got a team for you. Basketball? I got a team for you. So he just that's a way to do it, man. Well, that's even good, that's... even like um, for the summer league for the cities and stuff in Texas. I know like TAF is super big, and those kids. Taff, that's what I started with. Yeah, yeah, so it's like I I've seen like tiny little kids like first graders running <laughs> it's these yeah, like cute little like, races they start them off young as soon as you can start walking get out on the track <laughs> and those meets last forever like if you grow yeah. up just like going to track meets and stuff but the good thing is about taft taft's only texas mm -hmm. so you have like you'll have a lot of people but it's only texas now when you get to those like like aau meets where you have you'll have like 40 flights of kids running the 100 Hundred degree weather, like it's just all day horrible. But that that's just summer track for you. Just be forever. And did you have did you have to run any of the like the shorter distance stuff, or did you just immediately go into long jump and that's what you were doing the whole time? No, I like like I said, I like experimenting with a lot of stuff. So like I do a four hundred, a one hundred. One day I was sitting there and like with Taff, you can just you don't have to like say before what you're gonna do. You can just show up and do it. Oh. Yeah, so one day I'm not great for scheduling. No, but <laughs> one day we were just chilling at the team tent. I got done with a long jump. I heard a first call for hurdles. I was like, "Hey, mom, think think I can go try that real quick?" And I was like, <laughs> "You want to? Don't don't embarrass yourself." But, I mean, I won. So, damn. Okay, okay, Chris. <laughs> That's good. But well, yeah, so you had a fun experience. You had like a pretty decorated career in high school too. Um, we talked about it a little bit off, off air. One of our friends, Cade, was interviewing you. Uh, just like I think this is two years ago. It's twenty twenty one. I don't know. Yeah, COVID. COVID makes my all the twenty twenty years will now forever be a blur. At least in the same. early early part of this decade. Um, but what was it like just being that successful early on? What what kind of was like the recruitment process like? Did like out of state schools look at you or, you know, ultimately why did you end up coming to Texas State? So yeah, so it started off, uh, my first two schools were out of state that had contacted me. It was Pittsburgh State in, in Kansas. And then it was uh, Louisiana Monroe, ULM. And like they contacted me and stuff. I never got, oh, well, I went to go visit at Pitt State and it was like really nice, cool, big indoor track, stuff like that. But it was just far from home and I hate the cold. Like one thing about me, I hate the cold. Like I'll sleep in a heater if I have to before I sleep in the cold. I hate it. But I, I like, I talked to coaches here and there. Like, um, but Coach K reached out to me one day, but it was funny because I, I live in Temple. I don't know if you know where that is, but it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I live in Temple, so I'm an hour and a half away. And I was talking to one of my friends, Blake, and I was like, it'd be cool to go to Texas State. Like, it's right there. They have a good program and stuff. I was looking up, like, name to the contact, but I couldn't find anything. Then a week later, I got a text from Coach K, and I was like, that's insane. Like, that's crazy how that all worked out together. But, yeah, I came on a visit, and it just felt like home. Like, normally, I'm kind of a shy person. So, like, normally I'd be, like, quiet around, like, new groups and stuff but like with coach k and like everyone over there i was just felt like i'd known them forever so it was just family automatically so what changed what changed because you came on this podcast immediately you were chopping up with us so you, i don't i'm, I'm trying to work on that like with with college like it's changed me a little bit like i'm still like a shy person but like i try to like get out communicate with people talk and then after you get over that little, little awkward stage at the beginning it's all flowing good so no, you're kicking ass right now, dude. So keep it up. 
<laughs> well, I know there's been like a huge push in like track. I, I know Dominic Yancey talks about this on Twitter, but like just being able to see some of these meets itself, like that media exposure yeah. for the sport, you know, because it's I really like it, it's a really cool sport to watch. Yeah, it's just the media exposure. Like that's what we need. It'd be perfect. Like I feel like with football, basketball, you could turn on the TV, watch it, like watch the game, no matter what service you have or anything. But track, I feel like it's kind of gate kept with mm. the higher rubs. I feel like um, they kind of like only you sometimes you have to go on Peacock to watch meets and stuff. Not everyone has that. Sometimes you have to like pay for to watch a meet. And it's just like, you know, you can't grow a sport like that if you're trying to like keep it all into a certain amount of people. Well, it's, it's so. difficult, too, because, like, you guys are saying it's really, like, interesting uh, thing to watch. And I'm going to tell you, as a, as a sports fan, it's not. Uh, yeah, no, I, like, I get that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's there's so much dead time in between stuff. That's where yeah. it gets to kind of be long. Like, if we could just now with the, everything together, we'd be with good. With the good meets, this is the thing. So, like, what we just did, like, regionals, uh, nationals coming up, the big dogs, Diamond League, Olympics, all that. So you'll have like, let's say a 400 meter race. So you'll have a 400 meter race, five minutes, set the blocks and next, next event's going. So like with those bigger meets, it's rolling. Like, mm -hmm. it, and then like all the good stuff, you'll get like two good events. And when I say good events, I mean like, honestly, like no one's going out there and like, I want to watch a 10K. Like I want to go see <laughs> who's running the 10K today. So like the more attracted events, like you'll have one and then you'll have a shorter long distance race, like maybe the mile or something, which is still fast. And then you'll have another like 200 meters or whatever. So with the bigger meets, well, it's more flowing. Because everybody says like, oh, there's so much dead time in football where it's like, all right, you catch the ball, then they got reset and stuff like that. But also there's a chance that somebody gets paralyzed like on every yeah. play. And you know what I mean? So like Tell I'm kind of – I'm invested. We're like, I'm not going to get that in track. Guys aren't just like collapsing on the track. You know what that I mean? Is true. So I guess it's, it's like, like those um, like marquee events though. Like when the Olympics like cuts into like programming, you see like the four by four, the four by one, the steeplechase, like, yeah. uh, you know, like some of those like bigger races, that's like easy for people to follow along. You know, I don't know. No, I get and it. No. Also, and, yeah, and I'll say, I was going to say, I'll even say long jump and triple jump and stuff like that. Pole vault. Those are events that like, if you give me like this is a 10 minute event, like or 20 minute event, like and you just put it out like that, I'm gonna watch that YouTube clip. I'm gonna watch mm -hmm. that like 30 minute YouTube video of like, you know, the qualifiers around. But like live, that's when it gets kind of touchy for me at yeah, least. I understand and, you know, that, definitely. Yeah. Like even with but, me, like if I go to a meet and like normally like the first flights are kind of like the mm, and it's just like you don't you don't always want to watch that. It's kind of like watching um, Jason Tatum in Game One. Like it's just something you don't. It's something you don't want to watch. All the what time. a what a shot! What a or, shot! Or in any Eastern Conference Finals so yeah, far. So, I, I, I don't understand that. That one hurt, Chris. That one hurt. That's fine. We'll move on. Fan? I, I'm a white guy that watches basketball. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Like, I didn't trust the Celtics because they almost lost to the Spurs while they were tanking in San Antonio I, in the regular season. I, I wanted the Celtics to win. Like I was rooting for them, but I just I don't know. I'm a LeBron fan, so I don't want the Heat to win without him. Ooh, I like that I want, take. I like. That I want take the Nuggets to win. Yeah, especially see, after what they did to us. So yeah, tough, tough times, Ooh. tough times. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a bunch of inappropriate. Uh, track questions but you're like a professional track guy now so like those those kind of like go away you know what i mean like it's you got to talk about like what what is the expectations for nationals like what like what goals do you have when you get there those those really uh cut and dry cookie cutter questions all good um so expectation though um the first thing for me when i get there i don't want to be like a deer in the headlights and when I say that, I mean, like, like I've been doing this for a while. And there's, like, guys, like, a year, two years ago, I was watching on YouTube, trying to, like, mimic what they, they do. And now I'm going to be sharing the same stage with them, trying to take them down. So it's, like, I don't want to be, like, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Like, I just want to try to worry about myself, not get nervous or anything, just be confident in my training, my abilities, like, my coach, whatever. And so that's number one for me. And number two is just, you know, go, go, 
I'll do what I do. Like, just be confident. Confidence without confidence, like, and I like I see it in my numbers. Without confidence, I'm at the bottom. So I just got to come in knowing what I can do, not expecting to like kill everyone, or not even expecting a place, but just doing the best that I could do. So as a younger guy who else on the team is kind of like, I don't want to say like taking you under their wing because, you know, I don't want to assume that. But like, has anybody like kind of helped you out in this first year? Oh, definitely. Like, I want to say most of the guys, honestly, but in my group, it'd be uh, Drew Jackson, who was also a football player. Um, He definitely has taken me under his wing for indoor. I didn't really have him. So like I was more with the um the sprinters, like with them. But because Drew was in uh, football during indoor season and then towards outdoor season, like we built a great relationship and he's kind of taking me under his wing and just great. Like I got to give him props for like the season I've had because he's really helped me out. Well, you're already like the 12th best in the country right now with the with the I guess the jump that you posted the at the what is that the regionals, right? The Western region. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm coming in at 12. Um, the big jump that put me in at 13 overall before regionals was at the home turf, too. Dang. Yeah, the uh, Charles Austin Classic, right? Yeah. And both of those meets, the Bobcat Invitational and the Charles Austin Classic, I think it was just being at home, being on my home turf. So I really got to get out there. I think I jumped uh, 25-10 at that meet, so fans all that just home turf felt comfortable what, what's that fans, face says i'm just saying fans i mean like was there a lot of people there i wouldn't know no, they're, they're definitely like, yeah they're definitely was, was. there okay mm -hmm. all right well, that hub right like san marcos especially in austin because of texas relays and how big like running is in austin but same week like san marcos is a huge like running <laughs> corridor right yeah so um uh i forgot which one but one of the meet i want to say it was the first one so first meet was during uh, Texas Relays, <clears throat> I think. I might be wrong. But so a lot of, you know, a lot of teams travel to Texas Relays. So um, there were teams that like had their people come to our meet also. So we both, Texas Relays and us, we both had uh, full houses. Like our sprinter boys went to Texas Relays, just ran Relays and ran open events at our home meet. So there was like a lot of people there. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it definitely gets good crowds and stuff. It's just, yeah. I guess, like, well, especially from a jumper's perspective, like, uh, don't you guys do, like, the whole clapping thing, right? It's like, clap. Uh, yeah, clap. I was just going to say that, like, yeah. when you have a good There's crowd. It's like a whole kind of, like, crowd, like, atmosphere like just for what you do. And yeah. I remember it's 2016, before Kanye was canceled, uh, but when he had the father stretch out my hands, like, that was, like, everybody's edited song for when they were jumping or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like long jump specifically, I guess long jump, high jump is the same kind of like super like photo-esque, like you're in the mid-air, like jumping. It, it like yeah, lends itself to a lot of those things. Me jumping with my crazy <laughs> face that I always have. Camera always gets me at the worst times. <laughs> well, some of those uh, pictures are really good. We've talked a lot no, of them. No, they are. Like, Clay, I'm yeah. tired. Crazy awesome. photographer. Oh, it does her thing. We shout out. We love the photographers over here. This is a pro mm -hmm. photographer podcast for sure. <laughs> Do they thing. That ass, dude. Um, I had more questions. Jacob threw me off talking about Texas relays. Well, it's because like this team has like a lot of heritage when you think about it, uh, specifically with track and field. Shout out Charles Austin, of course. I already mentioned the high jump initially, too. But there's been a couple other Olympians and stuff. And you're with uh, Cedrica Wynn and uh, who's the, what is it, shot put or discus i'm losing the but the other qualifier for the national meet too oh elizabeth there you go what names yeah. did you throw out jacob <laughs> cedricia win and uh elizabeth right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. this guy was throwing out like rachel <laughs> courtney it's like what the hell is this guy talking about <laughs> hey put it out there you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a female name uh we just gotta keep fishing for it we'll figure it out good for you jacob Gotta, gotta respect the grind. Elizabeth's also a freshman, so she's doing her thing too. So what's up with this freshman class? What like why why do you think this class is so much like I don't know different? Because it, it, it feels different. I want to say um, first off, great recruiting by all the coaches. Um, can't have a good freshman class without good recruiting. So that's that's a big point. 
And second, I want to say, honestly, I feel like it has a lot to do with the older group taking us like under our wing, helping us out when we need it, practice wise, uh, just even outside uh, and just like bonding wise. I feel like without the older group, I don't think we'd be as successful. There you go. Cool. Well, perfect ingredients for a football yeah. team that has has had to start freshmen in the past. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously everything's trying to change and emulate the success that the track and field programs has had. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much all the questions I had, Chris. Uh, we just wanted to wish you luck, get to know you. Um, yeah, just kind of see you off as you go into the Nationals. Thank you. Thank you. That's like, remember a couple of weeks ago, I had the... Uh... I had that you're clearly a better so-and-so than me and you freaked out and you're like, well, fucking yeah, it's a college. What was that? Was that Mora? That was Mora too. It was Mora, you're right. That's like you right now where it's like, could you run? Hell yeah, I could. Okay, dude. Bullshit. (laughs) I guess a team that just got the shit kicked out of them on the run game. I think so. You give me a jet option sweep. I mean, they're going to see it from a mile away. So I'm going to get blown up on the first attempt. (laughs) But you put me behind like a a ginormous man. I'm pretty quick still. I'll be honest. Shout out to to Chris Preddy. Uh, great. I hope you do so wonderful. He's taking off on, what is it, next Tuesday? And he jumps on Wednesday. So if you're in the Austin area, go see a Bobcat do well. He's going to be joined by two other Bobcats. This is the most, actually, that they've sent to the NCAA track meet since Ever? 2017, I think. Wow. Yeah, so good stuff. Pretty good numbers for them. Uh, Chris, if you stink, remember it wasn't on me; it was on Jacob. Well, I mean, he's already done like ridiculous. That's why, kind of like why uh, I don't know. I pushed back on Mora too because he didn't do you know bad either. Okay, did well. Freshman sensation. Also, I talked a little bit about this with Chris, but just kind of a ridiculous year for freshmen at Texas State. Um, there's a javelin thrower at Texas State, Elizabeth who's also going to be at the NCAA track meet. She's a freshman. Uh, Rashawn Galloway, who is the batter, who, who bats with gloves, like work gloves, also a freshman, had a great year. Uh, might be back to catching next year, too. So great year for freshmen at Texas State. So we can get a new pitcher and a new catcher. But uh, Steve Trout tweeting, uh, eat him up with that yeah. iconic now gif between him and Ty Harrington. So I'm pretty sure he's putting this all behind him and just kind of ready to reload. Mm-hmm. Also, they made a pretty decent enough run, you know. It wasn't. I mean, think about it this way, right? In the Sun Belt, you're going up against fucking powerhouses, Coastal Carolina. You now, okay? Louisiana. This reminds me. This reminds me of a take I saw earlier this week that there's no such thing as failure. It's just a failure to succeed. Failure. It's failure doesn't exist, right? It's yes. all a mindset. Mm-hmm. I I do love the mental gymnastics you were doing here, where it's like. <laughs> It wasn't a failed season, but like when we talk to Texas State fans, Bobcat fans, oh, they're definitely going to say it's a failure. Even they're going to tell you with fifty thousand plus in Bobcat ballpark this whole year, pretty good. Yeah, they're great. But in the entire student population at one time, it's a little bit over that because Texas State's like hovering forty thousand ish, but still, yeah, not bad. But you, you think about the people that came out of that into the regionals, right? You got Southern, who won the Sun Belt Conference tournament, and they were the outright bid. Louisiana, who lost that one, but got a bid anyway. Troy, uh, who was just like a RPI numbers whiz, so they got in. And Coastal, same thing. And the number is pretty the, good. The fifth seed in that whole deal, good old Texas State Bobcats. Yeah, pretty impressive that we, you know, have a conference as this good that is this good at uh, at baseball. Ultimately, it is good, too, um, that those teams succeed because it's just like, well, the Sun Belt needs five to six teams now to be added into this whole shebang. Uh, I will yeah. say, though, that dropping a game against ULM and dropping a lot of games towards the end did not help their cause in either the RPI race or, you know, just the season in general. It was weird. It wasn't must-win games. It was like to win games that turned into must-win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a Texas State headline for you. Last week, I think we told you that the regents were meeting in San Marcos and they were approving a bunch of stuff, some of it which affected the um, athletics department as a whole. Texas State has hired information, or what is it called? International Sports Entertainment or something like that. Yeah, SIE. ISE or SIE, yeah. SID, onomatopoeia. Anyway, 
there, the corporate search firm that's looking for a stadium sponsor for Texas State Stadium. So it's about damn time. It's about damn time. Yeah, I mean, like this makes sense. I saw a bunch of people give our guy Tom Madden a shout out. I love that. Um, it you know the super fan that he is, he deserves to have like his name in that conversation. Well, apparently I, we just have alums that have four plus million to spare. You know, like, well, yeah, I that's the other thing. I. It would be who would your guess be if it had to be? It's probably gonna be a San Marcos business, don't you think? That's gonna uh, want to get their name on there. I don't know. I saw the the craziest one I saw that I was like, "Oh, this could happen." Is Bucky's Bucky's Stadium? Okay, that would know, be... they got that big ass one in New Braunfels just down the road. Mm-hmm. Or but... McCoy's Building Supply is a Tech State full of Tech State alums, perhaps. Yeah, um, I don't know. Ultimately, it's going to go to the highest bidder. Do you so. think that uh, John Deere, they have their corporate headquarters in San Marcos? Mm. Or yeah. a head- one of their headquarters is in San Marcos, I should say. Did you see that in Deere Stadium? Maybe. It'd be cool. I, if, it, if it is Bucky's, here's what I want. You know the big entrance? I want a Bucky statue there with, the Bo- with Boko. I want Bucky and Boko in the statue together. What do you think? I want uh, just a mini Bucky's in San Marcos. That would be sick too. Nah, we well the one in New Braunfels is close enough. Yeah. yeah, we're good there. The like because here's my thing: think about the traffic. Think about the traffic that's already bad in San Marcos. True. True. Yeah. Get rid of the uh. It's the apparently supposed to get better. They're having like three or four road projects right now. So they know. were having fifteen road projects when we were there, and it was still <laughs> shitty. So, but do you remember we of... actually went to school before the bridge was a thing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, get rid of the uh, little HEB and put one over there. Mm. Mm. That well, was another. That was another one that I've seen. HEB, HEB being a sponsor. HEB has so many different things though, so I don't know. Yeah, that one doesn't. That one doesn't make us that. Maybe Herbert's. Herbert's Herbert Stadium. I would be down. That'd be sick. Get better food in stadium. Mm. Have like a Herbert's in the stadium. I don't know. One way or another, there's a lot of money coming in, and that's good, but that means this team has a lot of expectations to live up to. Yeah. As soon as it's not, you know, very high, like, vibes, attitude, feeling, just like what happened the, the times and times before. It, if we're going to cash in, this is the time to cash in. Oh, yeah. I like, I like where we're at. Cash in, sell out, whatever you got. Yep. Sweet. Well, thanks, guys. This is going around. Episode six, question mark, I think, on here on Republic of Football Podcast Network. Dave Campbell's sponsored in part by Home Field. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat em up.